All right, round two. Charmaine, you had something else? <laughs> so um, a couple other verses also ministering to me. Um, Hebrews 11.6 and 2 Corinthians 1.20. And Hebrews 11.6 we are very familiar with. And it is impossible to please God. Um, well, in the message version it says, and it is impossible to please God. Um, apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. And so, you know, that rewarder of them that diligently seek him, you know, that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. And so if you kind of think about that, meditate on that, basically that assures you that he will answer our prayers. This was the point you were making in the eternity chat, right? So, um, so he's going to respond to those who seek him. So he will answer. Well, you know, we're like, oh, well, okay, yeah, he answers, you know, and so in the natural, there is this human wisdom of, well, sometimes the answer is, yeah, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait. This is this is how we've come to justifying it, right? And so then you were discussing that, you know, well, Second Corinthians one twenty, what does the Bible say, right? Second Corinthians one twenty says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. So the amplified classic says it as for as many as are the promises of God, they all find their yes answer in him. Um, yes is the answer in him, which is Christ. For this reason, we also utter the amen, which is so be it, to God through him in his person and by his agency to the glory of God. So... Mm -hmm. There's nothing about the answer can be no. <laughs> it just says the yes from God and the amen from us. So be it from us. But the key then is, you know, so why doesn't it always get an answer? Well, you can't skip over those first couple words. For as many as are the promises of God, it's got to be his promise. And so, so we have to think about that you know it's like um if you're praying something that isn't a promise from god then i guess he's not obligated and in that case the bible isn't promising that the answer is yes <laughs> but if you are praying his promise then the answer is yes so just something to meditate on and keep meditating on second corinthians chapter one verses number 20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen. No matter how many promises God makes, <laughs> they're all yes in Christ. 
and we are the ones who utter the amen. What does amen mean? Who knows what amen means? Amen means let it be so. Yes, it means let it be so. What's another way of saying that, Sister Shalom? So be it. Yes, so be it. So let it be so, so be it. And also it means I agree. Amen is our word of agreement with heaven. So no matter how many promises God makes, all of them are yes. And I'm, I'm super duper paraphrasing the version that Brother Frederick read. No matter how many promises God made, all of them are yes. And we are the ones. Yes, in Christ. Uh -huh. Yes, in Christ. And we are the ones who utter the amen. We're the ones who say, let it be. We're the ones who say, I agree. So when we come into agreement with God about his promises, now we are in the position to receive his promises. Amen. Because Romans chapter 8 told us he spared not his own son. Amen. He gave Jesus the very best that he had. And Jesus was the only that he had. Jesus was the only begotten son at that time. Now he's the firstborn among many brethren. But he was the only, God gave us the only thing that he had only one of. He had no backup. He had no spare. So if God would give us his own son, what's it to him to give us everything else? He already gave us the biggest and the best that he had. So it's just gravy. It's just extra to give us the promises. It's just extra to give us the blessings. So no matter how many promises God makes, they're all yes in his book. Yes, Evans, you can have that. Yes, Frederick, you can have that. Yes, Shalom, you can have that. Now, just let me show you how to get it. The answer is yes. But now you come into agreement. One, with the promise. Two, that my answer is yes. And three, with the way I tell you to go about getting it. And when we do that, we receive his promises. We receive the manifestation of his promises. Amen. So let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And we all know this verse, but we're going to put our eyes on it. And we're going to listen to it and learn it like we're hearing it for the first time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Why am I taking us to the scripture? Because we just talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, where it says, um, all the promises of God are yes in him and amen. amen. We add our amen. What are we adding our amen to? What are we adding our agreement to? Number one, that they're God's promises. And you know, that's important in and of itself. It's like, Evans can make a promise, but he may or may not keep it. I can make a promise, but I may or may not keep it. When God makes a promise, he always keeps it. 
That's number one that we need to come into agreement with. Number two, that his promises are yes, that he wants to bless us with the promise. It's not a chore for him. It's not a grudging thing that he does. He desires to give us those promises. We must know that God desires to bless us because if we don't know that, then we come to him. It's like, Lord, if you could just pay my rent this month. Lord, if you can just bless me with this job. Lord, if you could just send me that mate. Lord, just, just this little bit. I won't ask you for anything else. What in the world? That's not God's way. It's God's desire to bless us. Okay, we need to know Amen. that. And then number three, because it is his desire to bless us, he's going to show us how to get the blessing. He's not holding it back from us. He's holding it back for us. Why? Because every promise that he makes is an expression of himself. Glory to God. And he wants us to get to know him in that way. Why? Because he's cultivating relationship with us. He wants us to know him. Because when we know him, then... We can receive from him. When we know him, we know who we are because we're created in his image and his likeness. When we know him, we know how he feels about us. We're just in a position to receive everything that he wants us to receive and to experience him in the way that he wants us to experience him. He wants us to know him. He wants us to seek his face and understand that every promise is an expression of who he is. And that's who he wants to be to us. Amen. 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 So he's going to show us how to get those blessings. We can't just pray anything and expect it to come to pass. Why? Because we must pray according to his will. That's number one. When we pray according to his will, then we know that we have it. But if we ask amiss, then we're not going to get it. If we ask doubting, we're not going to get it, right? So he's going to show us how to get the promises because every promise is yes. If every promise is yes, then we should receive every promise. There's none that we should miss. There's nothing that we can say, oh, it wasn't God's will for me to have that. No, 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 no. Every promise is yes. And if for some reason we don't obtain it, we need to understand that the failure is not in God. The failure is in us. We missed it somewhere. So let us come into agreement with how God wants us to get his blessing. Amen. We'll read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Thank you. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So when the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We need to understand what the kingdom of God is. If this is the thing that we're supposed to be seeking first, what is it? We need to understand that the kingdom of God is not, or right here, it's not talking about a place. It's not seek first heaven, seek first where God, no, it's a government. The kingdom is the government. 
kingdom, king's domain. God is the king. It's in his domain. Seek his way of doing things. Well, seek his kingdom. Seek his government. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is his righteousness? His righteousness is his way, God's way of doing, being, and having right. There's a way to do things, and there's God's way of doing things. God's way is right. There's a way to be, and there's God's way of being. God's way of being is right. There's a way to have, and there's God's way of having. God's way of having is right. Well, what do you mean, prophetess? Okay. God's way of doing right. There are things that God tells us to do, right? So let me see. If I, if I am in need of finances, the world would tell me, get a job, get another job work overtime but god says seed time and harvest sow a seed give an offering this is how finances work in the kingdom find this is this is god economics so there's the world's way of doing and there's god's way of doing god's way of doing is right then being god's way of being what does that mean? Um, we need to understand that when we made Jesus our Lord, we became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We didn't earn righteousness. We didn't do anything to become righteousness. We were instantly made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what Jesus did. He who knew no sin became sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. We were made the righteousness of God. What does that mean? That means we have right standing with God. That means we're not walking in condemnation. We're not walking in guilt. We're not walking in shame. So if we are being in God's way of being, then we understand that we are the righteousness of God and that we are in right standing with God and that though we may have made mistakes, though we may have fallen, praise the Lord for repentance. If we confess our sins, he is righteous and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's over and done with. And he's showing us how to walk in the righteousness that we are. But if we walk around feeling condemned, if we walk around feeling ashamed, if we walk around, oh, Lord, I'm so unworthy. Lord, I'm so undeserving. Then how are we in a place to receive what God has for us? It doesn't work. So we must be in God's way of being. God's way of being is right. So righteousness is God's way of doing right, God's way of being right, and God's way of having right. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God doesn't want us scraping off the bottom of the barrel. 
God doesn't want us just barely getting by. He wants us to have abundantly. There is a God way of having, but the thing is, if we aren't seeking God's kingdom, and if we aren't seeking his righteousness, then we might have by being blessed, but then we might be we might be afraid of losing it. We might be, you know, if God blesses us, let's say with finances, but now, oh, if I give, I'm going to run out. Or if I give, I'm not going to have as much as I used to. Or if God tells you, purchase this property, purchase this building, pay for somebody's tuition, but then Lord, I won't have as much. So then you're not having God's way. There's a way to have like God wants us to have. That's his righteousness. God's way of doing, being, and having right. And the way we do that is to seek him first. Or to seek his kingdom first. See, how do things work in the kingdom? This is how things work in the kingdom. Turn to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. It says, where the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Amen. Amen. This is how it works in God's kingdom. While the earth remaineth, and while we're here, seed time and harvest, and the others are cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, they won't cease. Seed time and harvest will not cease. In the Garden of Eden, God set up the whole system of seed time and harvest because he gave Adam and Eve the trees and the fruit in them that had seeds in them. Everything would reproduce after its own kind. That's how God designed the earth to work. So what is our seed? Our seed is many things. Every seed produces after its own kind. If you want finances, you sow finances. You want clothes, you sow clothes. You want time to do more work, sow your time into somebody else. Help them do something they need to do. Now the cool thing about money is that Money can become any kind of seed you want it to be. Just like when you go to the store, you go to the store with money, but you come out with a bag of meal or you come out with a bottle of milk. You gave money, money became that thing. It's the same way in the kingdom. You can sow money, you can say, I am naming this seed tuition for my children. I am naming this seed taxes for the house. I am naming this seed money for travel whatever it is but you're naming the seed and then you're sowing it into the kingdom of god what does that mean it does not mean that you're just giving an offering in church that's why a lot of people haven't seen a harvest because it was just money going into an offering for them but when you with intentionality understand that this money is seed you're taking it out of the earth system where you spend money and you have less you're taking it out of that earth system. You're putting it into the kingdom where you're sowing a seed and it comes up as a harvest. 
and the harvest is always more than the seed. You don't plant a corn seed and just get one kernel of corn or even one ear of corn or even one stalk of corn. You get lots and lots of corn from one seed. Yes. It's the same way when we sow seed in the kingdom and we can take money and, and transform it into whatever it is that we want the harvest to be. Amen. 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 Okay. So, um, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. If you've been blessed by what you've heard, won't you prayerfully consider sowing into God's love song ministries? Let this seed, let this financial gift be your faith expression that says, Lord, I have heard the word. Lord, I received the word. And now, Lord, I'm expecting to see a manifestation of this word in my life. So here I am placing this money into your kingdom, letting you know that I fully stand on the word that I have heard and received. Praise the Lord. If you would like to sow, you may do so through PayPal, Zelle, Cash App, or Venmo. You may also give online at our website. And if you're sowing from Kenya, or if you are sowing by giving Kenyan shillings, you may give through M-Pesa. The information is on your screen. If you're listening to a podcast, the information is in the description. I'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to become a Light Bee Partner of God's Love Song Ministries. What is a Light Bee Partner? Well, first understand, Light Bee, Revelation Bee, glory to God. So when we minister, we're ministering from a place of revelation and speaking revelation to the people that they will have more illumination of the word. What is a partner? A partner is one who sends monthly financial donations, who prays for our ministry, who attends or participates in our outreaches or events and supports our ministry so we can continue to fulfill the mandate that the Lord has given us to raise souls in the kingdom. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to become a Light Bee Partner or learn more about what a Light Bee Partner is, please go to our website. The link is on the screen. And if you are listening to a podcast, it's in the description. It's godslovesongministries.com slash partnership. Thank you so much. Loving you with the love of the Lord. Shalom.